What is going on, my family? Hey, I want you to know that you, we, we're all family, and I'm so glad you're here. You are our online campus. My name is Jeff, I'm the online campus pastor. And if you are watching, that means you are part of this, this global online community that says, hey, St. Louis Church is my church. Or maybe you are part of our St. Louis Church Anywhere location, and you've decided to take that next step and be part of a community right where you are, that little house church. Wherever you are, I am so glad that you are here. We have this amazing vision, and if you hung out with us, you know exactly what I'm about to say. This vision of being real, real with ourselves, God, and others, and we hope that you would dive into this. Uh, in fact, if you're new and it's like, I've never heard about that vision or who you guys are, we're glad you're here. We would love to connect with you. Your St. Louis Church Anywhere host would like to connect with you. The chat host, if you're on the chat right now saying hello, please say hello. They would love to connect with you and tell you all about who we are, but honestly, more than that, we would love to know who you are so make sure you reach out you know another ways uh, you can reach out is by connecting on our social media pages so this is online so most likely you hang out online every now and then maybe you have a social uh, uh, media channel or social media page whatever it is wherever you connect online we are there whether it be TikTok, instagram facebook twitter we are on all of those so make sure you reach out to us and we will reach back out to you hey right now we're gonna jump in to worship and when i say jump in I mean, there gotta be some movement, some movement. Now, now I move around a lot when I worship. I move around a lot, so you better, you better give me room. But maybe you're someone who's like, well, I'm not ready for that. Just as long as you do something. This is not just about, this is not about you watching people worship. It's about them leading you into worship. And so maybe you like to lift your hands, maybe you like to stand up, my kids like to dance around, whatever it is, uh, at the very least, maybe hopefully you're singing with us. That's why we put the words there, but let's worship together right now.
Hey, thanks so much for worshiping with us. Now, hopefully you moved around. Hopefully, at the very least, you moved your mouth. Whatever you were doing, I, I'm, I'm sure God was pleased with it. Man, I love worshiping with all of you. No matter where you are, man, we're connected by the Spirit, and I love getting to worship with you together. In fact, I talked about um, my kids uh, dancing around and worshiping. I don't know if you know this, but we actually have a kids service just for them. We would love for you to help your kids go to kids.sandlesschurch.tv as you help lead them to know more about Jesus. We want to let you know of something that's that's pretty exciting around here. It's actually pretty, it's a pretty big deal around here. And it's coming up next weekend for all of our local campuses. And I say a local campuses because maybe you are watching locally. Whoever you are, we got something for you. And that is called baptism, baptism weekend. Baptism is a celebration and a way for people who have chosen to follow Jesus to share publicly with your friends and your family. It's, it's kind of like this ring here. When, when I said, when I said to my wife, I want to marry you, praise the Lord, she said yes. We actually had a celebration and everyone came. Well, this is you saying yes to Jesus in celebration of everyone coming to that celebration. Whether you've been baptized or not, we want you there. If you're locally, show up to one of your local campuses. All you have to do to figure out how to do that is to go to sandalschurch.com slash baptism. Now, you actually may be asking, well, I'm not near one of your local campuses. You watch online. And honestly, that's the majority of who is watching right now. We want you to know that we have that all figured out. If you want to get baptized, you can get baptized as well. Just go to sandalschurch.com baptism, and we will show you how, how you can say yes to Jesus and then get dunked in some water. Come on now. Uh, you are ready. We are ready. All you have to do is let us know. Or maybe you're part of a Sandal Church Anywhere location and you want to get baptized. All you have to do is let that Sandal Church Anywhere host know and they will get you baptized and, and you guys will celebrate with that Sandal Church Anywhere family right there. Hey, well, right now I'm excited because we are still in our series, Win in Rome. When I say still, it's a good still because this is a powerful series. We are in our series, Win in Rome, and it's all about how to live like Jesus in a culture that does it. And I'm excited because today, we get to hear from our executive pastor of discipleship, and that is Adam Workman. And that starts right now. Hey, Sandals Church, man, it is so good to be with you today. We are continuing in our uh, study in the book of Romans. And I love Romans because it's, it's so deep and rich theologically. And at the same time, right alongside of that, it's incredibly practical and applicable to everyday life. And today we're, we find ourselves in Romans 13. And we're going to look at verses 8 through 10, where Paul kind of takes us to the deep end 
um, and with, with love, the idea of love. And we, we have lots of ideas and thoughts about love. Uh, I remember my first love, my first romance. Uh, man, she was, um, her name was Michelle. It was kindergarten, so I started early. And uh, she had blonde hair and blue eyes. Man, she was the total package for me. Every time I saw her, my hands would sweat a little bit. Uh, my heart would do that that fluttering thing that it does sometimes. But man, Michelle was the one for me in kindergarten. And we were in school one day in class, and the teacher called a bunch of us to come over and uh, to sit at a reading table just to do some reading. And it just so happens that day that Michelle sat next to me. Now look, that was a big deal for me, a really big deal. Now look, I'm not gonna turn and talk to her. I'm not even gonna turn and look at her. But in my mind, that was our first date, our time together at that reading table. And I noticed this day that, that Michelle had a case of the sniffles. And her sniffles soon turned to a sneeze. And man, when she sneezed, she turned toward me. Michelle turned toward me. And she unleashed, I mean, listen, she blasted me with nasal moisture. And yeah, I'm saying it like that, nasal moisture, because I want you to feel it, because I felt it that day. I mean, she hit my arm so hard. She hit me in the face with that stuff so hard that my head went to the side. It was so much. It looked like I had run a marathon and was sweating. There was so much stuff coming from my face. And my wife wonders why I'm a germaphobe. How could I not be a germaphobe, right? I, had, I was assaulted by the sneeze of the century in kindergarten. That's going to mess you up. That's going to mess somebody up when that happens. So, of course, I'm, I'm a germaphobe. And, man, I looked over at Michelle. It was the first time I looked at her the entire time that we were sitting next to each other. And she looked at me, and I looked at her. We both looked embarrassed. And, man, I, I hope, like, I like to think that I said, God bless you. I really don't know if I did or not. But I can pinpoint, that was the moment uh, where the romance died. That was the end of our love. Love died in that moment with Michelle. You're going to sneeze on me twice. once. You're not going to sneeze on me twice, man. I wasn't going to have another sneeze. And every time I thought of Michelle, I thought of that moment. And that's kind of a funny story, right? Um, but the reality is that wasn't love. That was fickle. <laughs> that was selfish. That was immature. Listen, that was elementary. Man, there are a lot of followers of Jesus who are walking all around who have an elementary understanding of what love is. So I want to take us to school today just for a few minutes and see what does God say about love. So, man, we're going to look. Romans chapter 13, verses 8 through 10. Let me read this. Paul writes this. He says, Owe nothing to anyone except, except this, for your obligation to love one another. Loving people is a debt you'll never repay. We're always to love. He says, if, if you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Man, if you love your neighbor, Jesus established who our neighbor was in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus said, look, anyone who you have the opportunity to show love to is your neighbor. So he continues in verse nine, for the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. 
And he goes on to say, love does no wrong to others. Man, think about that. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. The law exposes our brokenness and how we miss the mark of God's standard. It reveals that we need a savior because we can't love the way that God loves without God loving through us. And listen, I know that we live in a culture where we all wanna focus on the positive, right? Self-esteem, that no one wants to look at the fact that there may be something wrong somewhere with us, right? We wanna focus on beauty and there is beauty, but the reality is, is there's also brokenness. A while ago, I worked with um, a lady who um, found out I was a Christian, follower of Jesus, and she must have been burned or something in the past with, uh, with other Christians or something because she kind of like would needle me and she would keep asking me questions about, is there anything wrong with this? Well, do you think there's anything wrong with that? Do you think there's anything wrong with this? And finally, one day I just said, listen, let me, can I ask you a question? I said, is there anything wrong with anything? Because the question, the answer to that question is everything. Because if there's something wrong with anything, then that means there's something broken somewhere. And it's that brokenness, listen, it's that brokenness that Jesus longs to step into. It's, the, it's that brokenness that Jesus did step into on the cross. When he came to forgive and to heal and to restore and to give new life, man, that's what Jesus came to do. And, and God doesn't stand with a, a critical finger just pointing out all your flaws and just saying, you blew it again, you messed up again. That's not God's heart. The heart of God is the heart of a person who opens his arms wide and offers you forgiveness. That's who God is. And look, as, as we read this, Paul isn't saying that we have to keep the law to earn God's favor, to earn God's law, love. He's just stating a fact. He's stating a fact that the law is fulfilled through love. That's always been God's heart. The law has always been about loving God and loving people. That's what God's heart has been for the world all along. So look, today's message is how do we love our neighbor? So how do we love our neighbor? Well, first in your outline, we are to love like Jesus loves us. Man, in Romans 13, Paul quoted an Old Testament command. In John 13, Jesus does something different. Let's look at what Jesus does in John 13, 34. This, this takes place at the, at the Last Supper is, is what we know it of, right? It's the last meal. It's really the last significant time that the disciples are gonna be together with Jesus. And Jesus says this. He just kind of stops and turns and looks to these guys. And he says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. And look, all eyes would have shifted and focused on Jesus. He says this, love each other. And they would have thought, we've heard that before, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's something that has been said before in the Old Testament, and Jesus has said it before. But Jesus continues, just as I have loved you, love each other. Wow, now that's new. And they would have thought, man, their minds would have raced back to all the ways that Jesus has loved them over the past three years. They would have thought about the way he's cared for them, the way he called them out of lives of insignificance, perhaps, the way he's met their needs, 
the way that he's loved them and cared for them, that's how they're thinking. And they've got to be thinking, Jesus, like we've watched you love us so well for, for three years, and now you're saying that we're supposed to love each other like that? Man. And, and right before Jesus says this um, is, is the moment where Jesus gets up from the table. Listen to this. Jesus gets up from the meal. He takes off his outer coat, and he wraps a towel around his waist, and he grabs a basin of water, and he walks over to each of these disciples. Listen, listen, and God, listen, God kneels down, and he washes the feet of these disciples, one whom was only minutes away from walking to betray him. The the God that we sing about, God that we raise and lift our hands in worship to, the God that we proclaim, the God that we surrender our hearts to and our lives to, he's not an angry God who's reactionary and temperamental and irrational. He doesn't just like fly off the handle. The God that we serve, the God that we love, the God who loves us is a God who bends his knee and washes the feet of those who love him of those who hate him, and of those who are indifferent toward him. I mean, let me ask you this. How has Jesus, how has Jesus loved you? Man, I think back of my childhood. I was a five or six-year-old kid from a little town in the suburbs of Philadelphia who was invited to church by his neighbors, and I began to learn about who Jesus was. But listen, man, I wasn't anything special I didn't have anything to offer, but somehow, some way, for some reason, Jesus chased me down, man. He chased me down. He pursued me, and I started to learn about who Jesus was and understand what he did for me, and I started to love this person back. How has Jesus loved you? Man, would you think about that? Where did he first find you? What did he rescue you from? Man, I look back and I realize he loves me when I haven't deserved it. He's loved me when I have nothing to offer in return. He loved me. He pursued me when I wasn't even thinking or looking for him. That's the kind of God he is. And he loved me even through my teen years when I turned my back on him. How has Jesus loved you? How has he cared for you? Think about that. And this matters. It's important because that's how, that's how, He tells you to love people. How do we love our neighbor? Listen, we love people the way that we've been loved by Jesus. That's how we love. I wish I could razzle-dazzle you with some Greek and some Hebrew right now, but look, it's that simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. We love people the way that we've been loved by Jesus. That's profound. So how can we begin loving like Jesus. Here's a couple thoughts. First one, loving like Jesus starts with recognizing and receiving the love of Jesus. Man, when Jesus says, love as I have loved you, it means that you are loved by Jesus. The question is not, are you loved? That is not the question. The question is, do you recognize and are you receiving his love? Are you living with the awareness that you are perfectly and completely loved by God. Guys, our problem, our problem is not 
is never <laughs> that we think we're too loved by God. That's not our problem. Our problem is that we haven't even dared to dream the depths of God's love for us. Man, we haven't even scratched the surface of how much God loves us. You could never over-imagine God's love for you. In fact, the greatest reality in your life, the greatest, that what's most true about you is that you are loved by God totally and fully. And listen, uh, being loved by Jesus that way doesn't mean that I'm incredible. It doesn't mean that, man, I can blow and I can mess up and I'm so awesome that Jesus still loves me anyway. When I think about the times where I'm unkind to my wife, yeah, that happens. And she chooses to forgive me. I don't like look at that and say, I'm such an incredible guy that man, Melody loves me no matter what I do to her. Not at all. The fact that she loves me when I mess up, when I'm unkind, when I do whatever, it doesn't point to how good I am. It points to how good she is. And listen, when we blow it, when we mess up, when we make, we make mistakes and all of that stuff, and God steps in and he loves us anyway, it points to his greatness, his goodness, and his unconditional love for us. Are you experiencing God's love for you? Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, writes this um, in Jude 121. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. He's not saying keep yourselves loved by God. That's not what he's saying. Nothing can keep you from being loved by God. But listen, you can keep yourself from experiencing the love of God. Think about the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son was always loved by the father. He was always loved by the father. I have this image in my mind when I think about that dad who would just stand at the edge of the property line every day and just look across the horizon and hope and dream and pray that his son would return home. And man, one day when he saw him in the distance, undignified, the father ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and they embraced and they loved one another and they hugged. Listen, the son was always loved by the father, but the son did not always experience or benefit from the Father's love, man, and it's the same for us. We are always loved, but we may not be experiencing or benefiting from the love of God. If you're going to love like Jesus, if you're going to love like Jesus, you have to receive the love of Jesus. I mean, I was talking to a guy a few weeks ago who just told me, I, 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 I can't believe that God loves me and that he would forgive me. If you knew me, man, I've just done too many things wrong is what he said to me. How could he love me? Romans 5, 8. But God showed the great love for us, his great love for us, by sending Christ to die while we were still sinners. Listen, if you're feeling like you're on the outside looking in and you're aware of your brokenness, man, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He's crazy about you. He cares about you. The whole purpose of his coming to earth was to rescue you, to pull you um, to himself. I want you to know that he offers to you eternal life. He offers you a relationship with him as a free gift just by simply believing and trusting in him for it. Man, that's who God is. That's what Jesus does. God didn't start loving you when you cleaned up your life and when you repented. 
He didn't start loving you when maybe he finally found something lovable about you. He has always loved you and he will always love you. Stay in the embrace of his love. When we moved to California, our family seven years ago from the East Coast, it was hardest on our oldest son, Elijah. Um, He had the hardest time with it. And honestly, I'll be honest, there were times I would lay in bed at night and wonder, man, did we make the right decision? He's really struggling. And uh, man, so one Christmas after he had opened all of his presents, I handed him one more. And um, he opened it. And he looked at the present. And he looked at me and his eyes were wide. And I could see his eyes begin to fill up with tears. And uh, they were tickets back to Philadelphia for him and I to hang out and have time together. Listen, he walked over to me and he embraced me. He hugged me and we just stood there and hugged one another. I don't know how long it was. I could have stood there for an hour with him. But listen, and I don't want you to miss this. Listen, we just embraced and we lingered in that embrace. Have you let God love you like that? Have you lingered in his embrace? Do you just linger in his presence? The kids came home from camp with Sandals Church and it just was an incredible time, it always is. And my three children, every single one of them said, I don't want that experience to fade away. Like they had experienced something with God, and they did not want that to go away. And what I told them, uh, each one, was, was this. When you're at camp and you're experiencing the presence of God uh, through worship, through the teaching, through making fresh commitments, through hanging out with people who are like-minded, just through all of that, God is just as near, God is just as present in those mountaintop experiences as he is when you're taking out the trash, when you're doing math, right? When you're scrolling through Instagram, God is just as present in those mountaintops as he is every other time. He's with you when you're at work. He's with you when you're wondering this month how you're gonna pay the bills. He's with you right now as you walk through your first summer as a single parent in all the stuff of life, in all of it, God is present. Listen, God's presence and his closeness, it never changes, that never changes. He's always present. The difference between powerful moments of worship and connection with God is not God's presence. God is no more presence in the worship center with 40,000 people lifting up their hands and declaring the goodness and the greatness of God than he is when you're in your room by yourself or when you're at work. He is always present, even in the mundane stuff of life. The difference is our awareness and our receptivity to his love and his presence. So I wanna give you three practices to help you increase your awareness of God's closeness and presence in your life because he's always there. First is this, imagine God thinking about you. Just imagine that. What, how do you think he feels about you when he thinks about you? What thoughts do you think he thinks about you? 
at some point during the day, here's number two, turn off the screen and imagine Jesus just sitting next to you. What would you tell him? What would he tell you? Number three, ask God to increase your awareness of him throughout your day. God, would you help me see you in the everyday, ordinary stuff of life where I may be missing you? Look, if we're gonna love like Jesus, we have to recognize and receive the love of Jesus. Next, loving like Jesus requires loving Jesus. I love Jesus said this, right, in Matthew 22. He quotes an Old Testament verse. He says, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. Man, I love that. Here's what that means. Have an undivided heart for God. Love God in the good times. Love God in the bad times. Love God in all times, not just on the weekend, not just sometimes. Man, purpose in your heart to constantly be moving toward God. And now, you know, you, maybe you're thinking, what does loving God have to do really with loving people? Well, when you love someone, what matters to you, what matters to them, begins to matter to you and vice versa, right? Your priorities shift because you love that person. When I met my wife, uh, she was a Miami Dolphins fan. She wasn't really a Miami, that's not true. She was a Dan Marino fan. And the first conversation we ever had, Melody and I, was an argument. What a great way to start, right? It was an argument about what team had a better quarterback, the Eagles or the Dolphins. Now listen, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, so I'm gonna say Randall Cunningham, the ultimate weapon, was better than, uh, than Blue Eyes. And she, of course, went with Blue Eyes, and I went with Randall Cunningham. But over time, over time, um, Melody's uh, mind changed. Well, probably not about the quarterbacks, but it did change in terms of her favorite team. She's a big-time Eagles fan like me now. Pray for her because the Eagles are a really hard team to be a fan of. Ask my kids. It's tough. We, Melody and I both care about things that we didn't care about before because we love one another, right? Like I care a lot more now about the, my side of the room being cleaned than I used to because that really matters to her. That really matters to her. God loves the neighbors in your life, even the ones that you have a hard time liking. He loves them. And I know it's tough. It's difficult. It's hard. Um, but, but as your love for Jesus grows, your love for people will grow because you can't love God a lot and love people a little because God's heart is, has been, and always will be for people. Let me give you a few thoughts about loving Jesus. First is this, loving God is a response. It's not meant to be a guilt trip. First John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. God made the first move toward you. He initiated, and you can love because he loved you first. So spend time dwelling on and thinking about the ways that God has loved you, man. That will move your heart in his direction. Read and meditate on the life of Jesus in the Gospels. Just spend time thinking and looking at how Jesus lived and how Jesus loved. And man, I'm telling you, your affection toward Jesus will grow because there was no one like him. And lastly, 
Get to know others who are getting to know Jesus. You and I have, were, were made to connect with others. We were designed that way. In the Garden of Eden, before sin, before sin had entered the world, God looked and said, something's not right here. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Man needs relationships. He needs community. And that was not only true. That was not only true for, for Adam. It's true for all people, all people. We need relationships. We need to be connected. People who love Jesus will help you grow in loving Jesus. So loving like Jesus requires loving Jesus. And listen, man, here is the beauty. Here is the beauty of loving like Jesus. Listen to John um, 13.35. And before I read that, let me just say this. Loving like Jesus points others to the love of Jesus. Here's what John 13.35 says. Jesus says this. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. Here's the tip-off. Here's what shows everyone that you follow me. If you love one another. Man, the ultimate evidence that we are followers of, of Jesus is how we love. It should be the dead giveaway that we follow Jesus, our love. Man, Christians today are known for a lot of things. We're known for a lot of things. But notice what, notice what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, be known for your politics, be known for your criticism, be known for what you're against, be known for what you don't do. He's saying, people should know you've been with me because of your love. It's our love that gives us a platform to share the love and the grace of Jesus. How can you share the love of Jesus with someone without showing them the love of Jesus? It's incongruent. We gain an audience by loving the way that Jesus has loved us. It's worth time spending thinking about what am I known for? What do people think of when they think of you? Hmm. You know, when we talk about loving people, it can seem overwhelming because there's, like, how can I love everyone at every opportunity the way that Jesus loved me? That could be a real challenge. I get that. So how about this? What if you start with those closest to you? Like, what if you started practicing on people that were the closest to you? So look, here's a, here's a super practical action step. I have this practice. A few times a year, I ask my kids and I ask my wife, and I've been doing this for a long time, ever since they were little, is there anything that I could do to love you better? How can I love you better? And I'll ask questions like this. Is there anything you wish I did more of or less of? Is there anything you wish I would start doing or stop doing? Is there anything I could do that would communicate love to you that I'm currently not doing? Why would I want to continue to do things that frustrate my wife or my children if all I have to do is ask and I could love them better? Well, man, when they were young, my kids would say things like, buy us more ice cream. Seriously, that's what they would say. Um, let me stay up later. My daughter would say, buy me a puppy. As they've gotten older, they've said things like this. Spend more time with me. Man, there's a, there's a lot to that line when they say that. Um, they've said to me, don't argue with mom. There's something to that. And my wife, man, my wife would say, be easier to make up with. I could be stubborn sometimes and be hard to make up with. And she has said to me, don't be stingy with grace. I can be stingy with grace. That's a confession. 
Lately, she says, don't ask to see my Nordstrom rack receipts. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, those are vulnerable questions. They are. And you have to be ready to hear the answers to those questions. But I'm challenging you to ask those questions to safe people who are close to you. Maybe your closest friends, your parents, your children. Uh, maybe it's your, someone in your small group. Whoever. Find someone safe and ask those questions. Listen, because listening to the answers to those questions from the people closest to you will help better prepare you for you to love the people that God puts along your path. We've got to love the people really well who are close to us if we're going to love the people that God brings along our path. Love people the way that Jesus loves you. Man, it is a lifelong pursuit, but it is a worthy pursuit. I want to take just a minute as I close and pray that God would help us do that well. God, thank you so much for the way that you love us, the way that you pursue each one of us. Man, you want to know our hearts. You want to know us well. I pray that you would help us to think about and receive the love that you have for us so that we can give that love to others. You've invited us into that. You've called us into that. And it's a high privilege that I pray that we would take seriously. We love you. We're so grateful for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What a beautiful truth and reminder that when we build our lives on the foundation of God's love for us, we can, we can then love others like never before. If you wanna grow in love and start reaching the people around you with the love of Jesus, just like Pastor Adam talked about, I wanna encourage you to start a group. And how do you start a group? All you have to do is start a group with people that you already know. <laughs> it's an incredible opportunity to love the people in your own life as you grow to reach the neighbors in your life, right around you. And what's awesome about all of this is that we will walk with you every step of the way. You don't need to be scared or scared. <laughs> we are gonna be with you. If you wanna start a group, all you have to do is go to stainlesschurch.com slash groups, or you can let the chat host know right now. Or maybe you're St. Louis Church anywhere and you already have a group of people that you are in community with. Man, invite someone to your Sandals Church anywhere. As Pastor Adam said, the core of what we do as Christians is that we love people the way we've been loved by Jesus. And when we realize how, how deeply we are loved by him, it inspires us to set ourselves aside to love and serve others. Well, I wanted you to know that last weekend, nearly 1,000 volunteers from Sandals Church here locally got a chance to do just that as we got the opportunity to serve our neighbors in Los Angeles County. Check out this video.
man, now that is awesome. Now that is sharing the love of Jesus. I want you to know that if you are local or far away, you make these opportunities happen. When you give to St. Church, you become part of movements like this where we get to show God's love to our neighbors. And that's not just locally, but that's all over the world. That's what we're doing. So those of you who chose to give and continue to choose to give to what God is doing here at St. Church, I say this all the time, but, but I don't want it ever to get stale. Thank you so much for choosing to love others in this specific way. If you'd like to join us by giving today, you can do that right now by going to give.se or through our Sandals Church app. I want you to know that before you go, I want to end our time together with a blessing for you, especially for those of you who aren't feeling loved by the people around you. I don't know about you, but this world needs love. This world is, is crying out for love. And you need love and people around you need love. So as you go, may you experience God's love for you in personal and profound ways. And may that love flow through you to the people you encounter every day so that all people can come to know the love of God that is available to us in Jesus. Amen. I know you were challenged somehow today. I pray that you would love others, love your neighbor, love like Jesus. We'll see you next week.